I'm Reverend J. Stuart Glover. You are listening to Faith Talk. Today I have the pleasure of having Tony Green with us. Uh, he's in the room, and as a matter of fact, Tony has such an exciting story that it would be uh, a failure to this podcast uh, mission if we didn't have him here today. He's exactly what we're looking for, uh, someone who's willing to share the transformative power of God in his life. And and rather than I um, tell his story, I think we're going to bring Tony Green in right now to share his story with us. Tony, welcome. Hey, Reverend Jay, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for inviting me to join today. Uh, I'm really excited about it. So, Tony, now... You got to start from the beginning, because <laughs> this is such okay. an exciting story. So tell us a little bit about your growing up and, and, and what happened to you. Yeah, I tell you, I was the youngest of five children growing up in small town, Arkansas. Uh, we had a dad who was a war hero. I uh, came back from World War II in Korea, and he came back uh, with purple hearts from both wars. He came back with a bronze star. But behind closed doors in our home, uh, it was all about uh, abuse and neglect on us five children before any of us were 10 years old. Uh, and it really affected all of us. And it, it's something that even into our, you know, 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s that uh, we still have some struggles with. And there's been some healing. I can tell you the only healing that I know of is the healing from Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, and so anyway, we grew up very dysfunctional. Uh, very scarred and wounded, very traumatized, and we all spun out in different directions. And Jay, the direction I spun out being the youngest, I was a high school, uh, I was a quarterback of the high school football team. Uh, I worked in corporate America. I was one of the top salespeople for Coca-Cola in the world. And that's what they told me. Uh, and I became a vice president uh, for in corporate America for about 14 years making millions of dollars across those 14 years and everything i touched turned to gold and the reason i was so motivated is because my mentality coming out of that childhood trauma was performance based mm -hmm. i believed that if i did good people would love me and so so i was out to i didn't even know this uh until about 10 years ago in therapy it finally came out in christian therapy uh, that I had this childhood wound that was about earning people's love. That's what I thought because my childhood wound was unloved and rejected. Mm -hmm. And so I became very successful in corporate America. Uh, and, and like I said, everything uh, I touched turned to gold. And for 53 years, I had no need for God. Uh, I had no, um, I was my own God and I didn't meet the Holy Spirit. I'd studied some scripture, but I really studied scripture for the wrong reason. I studied scripture so I could could learn, could memorize scriptures and spout it at other people and tell them how to live for God when I wasn't living for God myself. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it really, what happened to me is 10 years ago, I went through a divorce uh, and lost daily access to my eight-year-old daughter. Mm -hmm. And that really sent me into an emotional spin. I'd been so successful in corporate America. Uh, I had earned people's love, I thought, that I was doing. I had a winner's resume. I, I talk about resumes. I had a winner's resume. I'm just about to tell you about my loser's resume. And then I'm going to tell you about the third resume. Mm -hmm. uh, but the winner's resume, you know, I was vice president of corporate America. I made millions. Uh, I went to Final Fours and Super Bowls and Kentucky Derbies and American Idol finales. I had the fast BMW rocket ride car. I had the big house. I had the sexy wife. I had access to powerful people. People, a lot of people wanted my life because that's how good it looked 
uh, from the outside, and that's how good it looked to the world. It was totally materialistic and self-centered. But then after I went through that divorce and lost access, daily access to my eight-year-old daughter, uh, all of a sudden that social drinking that had been so prominent in my life in corporate America uh, became a 24-7 addiction. Mm -hmm. Uh, And because I I was just hurting so bad and rejection is one of my wounds. Uh, And over those next several years, uh, you know, I experienced, um, I lost all my money, blew all my money. Uh, I was homeless. I was addicted. Uh, I was jobless. Uh, I was going to treatment uh, for addiction. I was uh, in and out of psych wards for depression and to detox. Uh, I got arrested uh, plenty uh, because when alcohol's involved, people do stupid things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got arrested. So at 53, even though that's when the desperation really set off in me and I met the Holy Spirit, that that is really, uh, Reverend Jay, when the spiritual warfare kicked in. Mm -hmm. I mean, the devil was out to stop me from ever opening my mouth for the glory of God. Uh, And so after having such a winning resume, you know, in corporate America, all of a sudden now I had this losing resume of homelessness and addicted and, and arrested and I ruined my resume and all of that. And so I have a loser's resume according to the world. So a winner's resume and a loser's resume, but there's a third resume. If that was all there was, uh, just a winner's resume and a loser's resume, then if that was all there was, then I would, um, why would I want to live anymore? I only had one life. Sorry, I had somebody that had to open the door there. Um, if all I had was a winner's resume and a loser's resume and there was nothing else, why would I even want to live? Because I had one life to live and I blew it. Mm-hmm. But what dawned on me in the last several years, so there's a third resume, and that's my kingdom resume. That's my eternal resume. God wants to impact eternity through me uh, by, by being a lightning rod through me, as he does through you, as he does through all of us. Mm-hmm. He wants to impact eternity through us. That is the calling. Uh, is that he reaches other people through our story and that that other people when that when they know my story when they know the winning resume and the losing resume first peter three fifteen comes to life when it says as we set apart christ as lord others will become curious for the hope that we have and that's the life i live now i live, live a kingdom life uh, i don't live codependent relationships i don't try to earn people's love anymore uh i am um I, I don't have any enemies. There may be some people that think that I'm their enemy, but I don't look at people as enemies anymore. Uh, I have a heart of compassion. One thing, uh, and I'll take a breath here, but one thing is when, when I was making all that money in corporate America, if you think of Ezekiel 36, 26, where it says, he will take your stone cart and make it a heart of flesh. Mm-hmm. That's what happened to me. Uh, in corporate America, I had no compassion for the homeless. I had no compassion for uh, the jobless uh, or the unemployed. I had no compassion for the addicted. Uh, in my mind, they were just getting what they deserve. Mm-hmm. Uh, and God made me compassionate with all of those things. I call it proximity compassion. Mm-hmm. Is He gave me proximity to homelessness mm-hmm. by making me homeless. He gave me proximity to addiction by allowing me to become addicted. He gave me proximity to unemployment by me losing my first job at 53 years old. Mm -hmm. Uh, And through that, all of a sudden, I'm compassionate for everybody. 
All right, so um, let's 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 back up a second here because I want to just back up to um, to you know, a, uh, obviously you did not meet God on the mountaintops of peace, prosperity, exactly. and joy. Okay, so it sounds to me like you met you encountered God in the valley, as they say, in in the valley of despair and hopelessness. So. If you can just think back to when and where you felt God pulling at you, what was that like? Well, like I had mentioned, there had been a season really before I became a believer, before I was 53. I've got a sister who's a, um, a Christian author and speaker, uh, and I thought that I would study Scripture and try to be like her where I was preaching to other people. It's what I had done in corporate America. Uh, because I was in sales and I was a sales leader, uh, and I had I had the gift of evangelism and teaching, and so I knew some scripture, but I didn't I wasn't surrendered at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, my faith was was pretty much minimal, and I had no surrender whatsoever. You know, what I ended up having to do, and this is what you were just mentioning, I had to end up giving up on me mm-hmm. before I could give in to God. Amen. Uh, I had to give up on me. I had to look at my agenda that I'd had for that long and go, my agenda has done nothing but call it wreak havoc. Uh, I, I had to start looking at the agenda of, of God uh, and adopting it. But it was, I tell you, there was, there was one night where I laid down. I had no place to go. I had uh, really been hurting that day emotionally. I had started drinking. I, I remember laying down in a bus stop, believe it or not, in broad daylight in Cincinnati with people getting on and off the bus. And here's Tony Green, the vice president of Coca-Cola, laying down in a bus stop drunk. Mm-hmm. And that day was just a blur, and that night was a blur. Uh, I was up by University of Cincinnati campus, and I was partying with the college kids, and I could have easily gotten mugged and beat up and killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just in really bad shape, and somehow I made it back down the hill, down to downtown, and there was a um, place called the Catholic Workers' House that I just tried to get into to just sleep for the night, uh, and they wouldn't let me in the door. And, uh, Jay, I, I walked about a half a block, and I laid down on a corner, of a street, a street corner or sidewalk, uh, and this was in the most dangerous part of downtown Cincinnati, uh, if you knew it, it's very dangerous. And I laid down there, and it was really, it was in essence a suicide attempt because uh, I didn't care if I woke up or whether I, if I did, uh, I just gave up and laid down on that sidewalk. That next morning, I woke up, and God immediately, what what I heard, you know, in my spirit, was if I don't let God change the way I think about myself, then I'm going to die in my addiction at the end of a rope. Mm-hmm. because I allowed the devil to run rampant in my head with all the negative self-talk that, that I'm a loser and I'm worthless and I've blown it all and I'm, I'm an awful dad and I'm addicted. I'll never live sober. All of these things, it was like the devil's worst hits playlist that I allowed to run through my head. And when it says, do not give the devil a foothold, I was absolutely giving the devil a foothold. Mm-hmm. And that morning, what I heard God in essence say is you've got to let me change the way you think about yourself and it was that day that things just changed Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's it's been a six-year journey or so uh that i've been pursuing living out my identity in christ 
you know, and and instead of being a loser, I mean, I'm a treasure child of the Most High God. The cry out that I had was, I want to be able to uh, believe, receive, and live out my identity in Christ. I want to believe that I'm a prized possession. I want to believe that I'm his masterpiece. I want to believe that I'm called and appointed to bear fruit for the kingdom. Uh, I want to believe that nothing can separate me from God's love. Uh, and all of those, and that's really what has happened mm-hmm. uh, over the past four or five years is me changing the way I think about myself. There, I don't give the devil a foothold anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the when, when God um, moves in such a powerful way in your life and you begin to yield yourself to that movement, um, you fall in love with God. And, and you, want, you, you want to love God back and love other people that God loved people through you. So now you found yourself um, from the pit of despair into a life of hope. You know, I'm just going to mention this book that I read, and I thought it was very a very good book if you never heard of it. Great. It's called Addiction in Grace um, by Gerald. Ooh, Ger- I haven't, but I'm going to get it. It's called Addiction in Grace. It's by Gerald G. May. And, and it's a wonderful book. I mean, uh, we can talk about that offline, but it's a great book and a great resource for those who have, have experienced addictions in their life. And, you know, um, when, you know, when we use that word addiction, sometimes we automatically go to thinking about drugs and alcohol. But um, there are a lot of other things that we can Absolutely. become addicted to. Um, you know, people think about drugs, alcohol, pornography, but you could have been addicted to um um, the Coca-Cola job, right? And, and absolutely, the, absolutely, I was. And, and the fast lane living and, and all of that stuff. Um, but but what's powerful is that God again met you in the valley, and it was there that He breathed the breath of life into you, and you began to respond. And and that's the thing. Can can as we feel God pulling us, can we can we allow ourselves to be led to an appropriate response? So the appropriate response, which is which is um, just allowing God to continue to work in our lives. So now tell, tell us about the book and where people can get it. Okay, you got it. Uh, I, uh, I have a, a buddy named Mark Highland. He's, he's, he's still just my best friend. I mean, he we've known each other for 25 years and he's he's stuck with me through all my bonehead decisions. I'm just telling you. And uh, we used to both be vice presidents with Coca-Cola, and now I, I, I'm an hourly employee in a hardware store, and I love it. It's one of my favorite jobs ever. And anyway, Mark kept saying, he calls me TG, my initials, Tony Green, TG. He says, TG, you're going to write a book, and it's going to change lives. And the last thing I wanted to do, Jay, was was be an author because my sister's an author. She's written 20 or 30 books, and I just I didn't want to be a me too sibling. So that's the one thing I didn't want to do. I knew that I had a gift of writing because I'd written a bunch of things in uh, in my corporate America jobs. But within two or three months after he told me that, I sat down and I wrote out a table of contents. And ten weeks later, I had authored fifty two thousand words, which is about one hundred and sixty pages. Uh, the name of the book is Triumphant Surrender. And if you if let me tell you, before I published the book, I, I Google searched triumphant surrender and nothing in the world came up because according to our world, winners triumph and losers surrender. Mm-hmm. And so according according to the world, triumphant and surrender don't even go together. 
but in the kingdom, they are like a perfect match. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the, the greatest triumph that God could ever have was, was the son surrendering in the Garden of Gethsemane mm-hmm. uh, and going to the cross on our behalf. And it's, it's the same. The, the, the greatest victory that God can have through my vessel is when I'm the most deeply surrendered uh, and faithful and, and obedient. And so triumph and surrender just came out. Uh, it is, I told, uh, I mentioned to you before we started recording, I told about every stupid decision I'd ever made uh, and really told, I had to tell on myself that you can't water down your testimony if you're going to magnify the glory of God. Mm-hmm. If I diluted my before picture, then I was going to dilute God's glory Amen. Uh, in the after picture. And so I went all out. I had a riding coach at one point in time, and he was like, Tony, nobody's this transparent. I even had friends say, Tony, you can't publish this. And, and Jay, the, the um, liberation that I had by just putting it all out there uh, is, is just amazing. Now, one thing, it's not just my story, but but it goes through you know, the first chapter, I wanted to make people know, because I've been through so many different struggles uh, that um, I knew it was going to connect with many different kinds of people, whether they're in corporate America or whether they're homeless people, you know, mm-hmm. walking in and out of libraries. Uh, and so uh, the first chapter is you are not alone. Uh, and I wanted to make sure that people knew that they weren't alone. Uh, it's my belief um, that this, this, this Christian walk is not about trying harder, but it's about believing bigger and surrendering deeper uh and so i put a chapter on believing bigger and a chap a faith chapter and a chapter on surrendering deeper which was not easy to write and try to tell people how to surrender that's not an easy thing right uh and then i truly believe that god's will for my life is the first half of the greatest commandment to love god with everything i've got uh and and to grow in that intimate relationship with him and to grow to know him uh and then i believe the calling on my life is to love others as I love myself, uh, and that's to make God known uh, and to to just um, serve and encourage and love people. Uh, I wrote uh, chapter six was about my only hope is Jesus, uh, and you know I, I went back and I looked at all the things in my life that I tried to fill my God-shaped hole with, and it was embarrassing how long that list was. Uh, but in the end, there is only one thing that can fill it uh, that I've found, and that is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have a chapter on identity in Christ and a chapter on transformational uh, transformation by the Holy Spirit. And it was just it was a book that just laid out the gospel in very easy in very layman's terms. Uh, let me mm-hmm. just say that. Uh, I, I think the only two theological terms I use is uh, I stress the justification and sanct- sanctification okay. uh, in one chapter. <clears throat> But, uh, I uh, was thinking. I it. was thinking of that word myself. I was. I, I was going to hit you with it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but you Absolutely. know, and the reason why. The reason why um, is because this. And I'm talking about this. This word that you use of sanctification. That surrendering. You use that word, and it's yes. a process. I mean, you Absolutely. don't. You don't go down in the water as. Um, as uh, whose name can I call? You don't go down in the, in the water as Jesse James and come out Mother Teresa, okay? <laughs> in right, the baptism exactly, water. Exactly. It's, a, it's a process. You know, there's an old joke that says they go down a, a wet devil and a dry devil and come out a wet devil. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so it's a process. You know, the baptism is is a, a it's a outward 
um, reflection of an inward experience, right? But nothing really, Absolutely. nothing really happens in, to you in the water. It, it should have happened before you got in the water, as they say. So this idea of surrendering to God is a process. You didn't wake up from the bench and all of a sudden you're now walking around like Moses, right? <laughs> it's a it's a process of of letting go of some of the things um, that were harmful to your life and yielding yourself to the will of God um, and partaking of the, the holiness of God um, in, in your own life and the transformation of the power of God. So, so having said that, I think that, you know, you don't say, okay, I'm going to surrender and now I've surrendered, but it's an ongoing process and it's a continue, it's a lifelong process of surrendering to God, because I guarantee you that, um, <laughs> two years from now, you may have some new thoughts about what surrendering God absolutely involves. And, and I love that. I love that, Jay, when all of a sudden, when the Holy Spirit reminds me to look back six months or a year or even three years and just go, ain't it so much better now, Tony? Mm -hmm. Remember how you responded just last year? Mm -hmm. Isn't it so much better now? And, you know, First uh, John is absolutely one of my favorite books in the Bible. You know, I like five chapters, uh, and it's powerful five chapters for me. The whole Bible's incredible, but First John has John's about three or four times uh, he mentions persistent sin mm -hmm. uh, in First John. And I used to read that like four or five years ago or six or seven years ago. And I mean, I was still living in some persistent sin, and I didn't like those three scriptures. I like the rest of the book, but I didn't like those three scriptures. Sure. And then about a, two years ago, I read it afresh, and when I hit those three or four scriptures, they didn't bother me anymore because I wasn't living in persistent sin. Certainly, I was stumbling every day whether I knew it or whether I didn't know it, but mm -hmm. I wasn't living in persistent sin. And I'm telling you, a revelation that just hit me probably in the last six months uh, because I really uh, kind of refocused on identity in Christ statements at the start of this summer. And I had one that says, uh, in Christ, I am free from sin. And I was like, but I sin. How mm -hmm. can I be free from sin, but I sin? And then within a week, it came clear to me that says, uh, in Christ, I am free from the slavery of sin. Amen. Mm -hmm. It is no longer my master. Mm -hmm. And there were times when I look back and talk about that sanctification process. There are times when I look back and it was still my master. Mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. and I, I was, I was, I was the dry devil going in and I was the wet devil coming out. Mm -hmm. But, but I've kept pursuing, I've kept pursuing scripture. I've kept begging for Holy spirit transformation. Uh, I heard a, a sermon in the last six months. that said, we never drift towards God. Mm -hmm. uh, and and if you think I'm in an inner tube on a lazy river, you know, I'm, I'm doing some paddling. Mm -hmm. I'm not striving, mm -hmm. but I'm still very intentional about pursuing God. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I think it's James 4, uh, 7 or 8, uh, 8 that talks about um, draw nearer to God and he will draw nearer to you. Mm -hmm. I always throw increasingly in there because sanctification the way that I talk about it is progressive. Mm -hmm. Draw increasingly nearer to God, and He will draw increasingly nearer to you. Mm -hmm. So, unfortunately, you know, a lot of people are are introduced to God in a way that is that creates a poor image of God, and that's why they turn away from the idea of God and religion. 
Um, you know, they think of God as some sort of celestial policeman who is just waiting for them to mess up and send them to hell. <laughs> and, and this is a poor image of God, and it scares people away. And what we need to hear is stories like yours, stories of, of God coming down and rescuing a person. And, and you know, I put it like this, if, if God can uh, raise Jesus from the dead, he can certainly raise you in from your despair. He certainly raised Tony Green from from a bench uh, in downtown right. bench, and and he lifted you over time uh, above your um, um, despair and your desperation and your struggle. And now he's sustaining you. Your your ability to persevere and 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 you know pursue God, as you say. Um, is by the power of the Holy Spirit and the grace of God. It's nothing that you conjured up yourself, but it's a gift. Right. It's a free gift, and that's what happens in, in this. In this, um, the good news of the gospel is, is that we accept God's gift towards us, and when we Absolutely. do, when we do, it leads to a powerful change in our lives. So, um, goodness. So. Um, you know, I, I, I again, is the, where is the book available? Is it available on Amazon? Oh, yes. Uh, Triumph and Surrender, it's available on Amazon. Uh, it's available from Walmart. Uh, it's available on Apple, uh, the iTunes store. Mm -hmm. uh, you can get it electronically uh, for an Apple iPad. Uh, it's definitely, hey, I, I'm not... I'm not up for making uh, royalties on this. I didn't. I didn't publish it for that. It's available on eBay. Right. Uh, even on Amazon, you can buy used copies or new copies. Uh, it is an easy read. It's very accessible. I mean, I, I haven't had a day in seminary, mm -hmm. uh, and like I said, the only the only two theological terms that I know really well are justification and sanctification. Mm -hmm. And so it's. Uh, I've had. I've had guys from corporate america from coca-cola read it and I, i've had atheists read it mm -hmm. that that said that they they got many things out of it but i've had some guys from corporate america read it uh and just mention about life change mm -hmm. it can really you know i'm probably one of the things i'm most concerned about right now in my life is the comfortable american church mm-hmm uh tell me more I, tell me more i still i exactly i still have I do, I've been doing Bible study for 20 years with a bunch of guys in corporate America. They all still have their retirement plans. I don't. They mm -hmm. all still have their wives. I don't. They all still have their big houses. I don't. They all still have their careers. I don't. I mean, they love me, and they know everything I've been through, and they've prayed for me, and they've let this prodigal keep coming back home. But um, they 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 kind of live vicariously through me. You know, I had— a group of businessmen in Dayton, Ohio once they'd heard my testimony and, and one guy closed his eyes and I didn't know if he was praying or falling asleep or totally disgusted by the consequences that I was telling him about by my own decisions. And in the end, he said, Tony, Tony, what you can't understand is that your story alarms us. Mm -hmm. We want what you have in the spirit, but we don't want to have to go through what you went through to get it mm -hmm. and in the comfortable american church they i just fear that too many people they're just kind of punching that box and even if they get to be part of a small group they think they think that it's transformational or and, and i'm not saying it can't be but i've just i have been in front of um a group of very successful businessmen who have been doing bible study for eight years together 
and I couldn't fan into flame one ounce of passion mm-hmm. uh, out of this group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, that's, a, that's a big concern for me. And I, I really, uh, in, in chapter um, five of the book, is about loving other people. And it talks about loving the least of these, loving the lost, loving other believers, and loving your enemies. And in loving the least of these, I say, don't write a check. You need to get out and get face-to-face with people who are struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, get face-to-face with the downtrodden. Look them in the eye. Respect them. Give them a smile. Ask to hear their story. Mm-hmm. Uh, point them towards resources that every community has that can help them, but also uh, point them towards the gospel of Jesus Christ and how freeing that is. Amen. Well, Tony, you know, I think, um, I think what I would like to do is I'm going to get the book myself. And sit down, sit, sit down with it, and maybe we can do this again and go through some of the chapters. Would uh, love to. And 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 you know, and in a greater depth. Um, I'm appreciative of your story. Again, some people are ashamed to tell the story. I right. te- I tell mine. I you know, when I was a teenager, I um, I wanted to be a rock star, a guitar playing rock star. And guess what? I ended up with a measure of success in the music business, but. But the very thing that I thought would bring me joy and happiness and prosperity actually led me to, and I did enjoy myself, but it actually led me to a place of despair. And, right. And, right. and it was there that I encountered God's Holy Spirit and led me to, to a place of prayer, a place of conversation with God. And, and um, God, you know, raised me over time and is still raising me and molding and shaping me, as they say. And um, so <clears throat> there's power in your story. I interviewed a woman um, a few weeks ago who was um, trafficked. She was a victim of human trafficking. Yep. She was, mm, she, she, was, uh, she was born in the Ukraine when the Ukraine was Russia. And she found herself at a very young age trafficked to somewhere in the Middle East. And, and um, uh, her story was that um, she found herself trafficked to Israel. And, and there she, um, somebody, she was working in a brothel and it was there in that brothel that somebody, one of the security guards gave her a Bible. And, really? and she began to read it and he began to share the gospel and she told me that her story was that, you know, at the Wailing Wall, it was where God revealed himself to her. My gosh. And, mm, and, mm, and mm. now she's doing well. And she's, she's, a, she's an activist for, for you know, um, women that have been trafficked. She's a social justice advocate. She has her own business. She's doing well. But the thing that she told me was that she was, until now, she's been ashamed to tell her story. Right. And, mm. and, and and just by the inspiration of God, she got the courage to go out and tell the story. And now she finds herself in front of hundreds of people sharing her story and, 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 and giving hope to, to those who have been through it and those who may be going through such a horrendous um, life lived experience. So again, you know, you're, you're telling your story, there's, there's power in, in sharing your story, it's not it's not laden with biblical references and and theological nah. theological terms. But what it is is your experience, and your, ex- your ex- nobody can take it from you. And so, speaking of our experiences, it's a good thing. You know, you you mentioned earlier that you like to 
look back, right? <clears throat> and see, see how God has done great things in your life. That's a good practice. It's good to look back over the week <laughs> right? <laughs> and exactly. see what God has done. You know, how, and to, to take note of God's activity in your life over the last week, over the, the day, right? Where has God Absolutely. been, where has God been active today? Tonight, you might, I might say tonight to myself, wow, God was brought me together with Tony Green and, and we had a great conversation and it was really a blessing and I found God in it. So, you know, it's Absolutely. good, it's good to just reflect on the activity of God and, and, uh, and, and show some gratitude for that activity. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm so grateful that I no longer believe in coincidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm so grateful now that I, I can see miracles. If I'm, if I'm, my eyes are open to them spiritually, I can see miracles every day. Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't have to be. I, I can see the, the dead raised alive just in a person's attitude changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I call it sparking hope in the hopeless. Mm-hmm. You know, that that is, uh, if I can tell my story, if you can tell your story, if we can tell our story and somebody be in that audience feeling hopeless that day, because hopelessness really is a scary thing for me because, you know, people can can give up and commit suicide and, and all of that. But if we can spark hope in the hopeless and we can uh, give clarity, God through us can give clarity to the confused, mm-hmm. uh, then, um, man, may we just speak out uh, with absolute courage and, and, you know, braveness. Well, Tony, <clears throat> I think that this is a good place for us to rest. And, and um, I want to thank you for joining us today. And I, my prayer is that perhaps somebody, I mean, this, this podcast is starting to um, leave a global footprint, uh, you know, um, so there are people in, in Europe, Asia, Africa, that That's are actually, great. and in Americas that are actually hearing this. Um, so I, pr- my prayer is that somebody gets inspired to, to, uh, to receive hope and, and hope for strength for today and hope for a brighter tomorrow. So, Absolutely. so Tony, thank you for coming. Um, let me just say this to, so to, 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 to the listening audience. You've been listening to faith talk. I've had the pleasure today of having Tony green. I would, um, encourage you to visit, um, his website at triumphantsurrender.com and get his book. It's available, as he said, on Amazon. Um, uh, you can visit my website at www.revenjstuartclover.com where you can sign up uh, for the email, uh, email notifications. You can reach me directly by email. You can even leave me a voicemail on the website. So once again, Tony, thank you for coming into the room and sharing your you powerful, so powerful testimony and um, God bless you. We'll see you again soon. Amen. Thank you so much. It was such a joy. Thank you.